Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League Esports in the European scene. I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined by Digi Bay in what is the real recap episode of the first week of the RLCS with the RL RS plans also being thrown in for good measure. Bacon, how you doing, man? I'm doing quite good. It's been a nice day. Uh, I finally got around to buying that Temtem because we're talking about it like in the rival that chat. What? Temtem, like the Pokemon clone. I'm going to call it clone, but it's quite good. It's like I have own. no fucking idea what that is. I mean, not go on Steam. It's like twenty eight quid, and I finally like I, it's been sat in my basket for like the last two weeks since it came out, and I finally like pulled the trigger and bought it. And it's pretty good. Okay then, that's weird. I wasn't really. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I don't know. You I don't know what to say. I was, and that was a little bit of making conversation. God, I've, it's I've, not I've all never about heard of this League. game though. Like, I, 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 I was full on fucking just like Look ready for you to say some random shit about the rival series planes and how we were terrible at casting it, or some sort of fucking you know thing like that, you know, or how much of a shit show Skype is because of how you know they fucked up the entire broadcast oh, along those lines. Which, which we can get into. Note, if there are sound issues, guys at home, we know. Oh, mate, you know what? Like, please, please, please don't get me started. And it just, please, I, please, it's please, throwing me please, off, it's throwing him off, and we just got Please don't get it. me started on the 50 fucking DMs I got berating me and sending me shit <laughs> and telling me to go die because I have a microphone problem on fucking Twitter. My DMs are closed for a reason now, guys. There mm. are some are real assets in the fucking community, and you are, and, and those people out there are absolute scum. Fuck you. You made my life a living hell that night, and the people that trying to imply that I have no right to complain about Skype. You have no right to complain about my life. Go fuck yourself. Right. Let's get into the news. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to do that, but you had to fucking bring yeah. it up. So, you know, <laughs> it's all good. Um, uh, so let's get into the news to start off this whole fucking thing. Um, RLCS inaugural broadcast peaks. I didn't even do the actual probably introduction to the show. I didn't tell you exactly what's going on. Um, yeah, we've got the roundups of the RLCS <laughs> week one. Um, uh, obviously, the first week of league play going down with five matches to kick things off going on and everything. Uh, with the big 12018 bracket for the rival series also completing itself out. We had a chance to cast some of those matches, as you may already be aware of. And as well as that, uh, we'll be talking about the teams, though, the notable ones that didn't make it through and the ones, of course, that did make it through weighing up their chances in the rival series but before any of that we have the news here bacon and we'll start with the RLCS inaugural broadcast peaking at 154,000 viewers as according to eSports charts here up there with the likes of the six invitational as well only 4,000 viewers behind in that respect bacon there uh, not bad numbers being posted out by the boys yeah not bad when the six invitational is basically like a Welds of its own, three million dollars up uh, for grabs, and that was across the entire weekend. Whereas this is just League One, uh, Week One of League Play. Don't get me wrong; we didn't see the exact same numbers for EU. Um, it definitely felt like NA had a push, and I think this is also part hype due to that delay after Week One, where it's like you know, even bad news is good for you, you know, and publicity wise. So it's like, oh shit, we, uh, week one got called no, 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 out no, no, and also, people there's came also that element, in. There's also the element of people that just want to watch the world burn because they suspect that the servers yeah. are still not fixed. And there, there were those people that are around. Trust me when I say this, uh, because all those people dropped off after EU started with no problems as well. Because uh, you'll notice <laughs> the discrepancy between the viewer numbers there. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of overplaying this news quite significantly. Like, obviously it's great to see week one getting 154,000 viewers for the first week of a fucking league play season that that's brilliant you know um uh, uh and but there are there are reasons to explain why that is the case as you mentioned a week delay uh so everyone's really excited to see whether things are going on even though even if those fans aren't 100 mm -hmm. genuine 
Um, you've also got the fact that it's the first uh, season of the new year, the first big Rocket League tournament that we had. Uh, so we've we, we sort of like, you know, just just kicking off the year and kicking off everything in, in 2020 uh, in the right sort of fashion. So everyone's excited to see what's going on. Um, and of course, you take that with the fact that there has been nothing else Rocket League related. And well, you're seeing a, a fantastic fucking, you know, a number for them. Um, but, you know, as EU proved, and as I'm sure NA will prove next week, that number is certainly an anomaly, I think, uh, in the mm-hmm. grand scale of the RLCS. You know, we won't see those numbers till we hit the World Championship, at least, I think. Yeah, it, it's the same as if a new set of item drops come out for Rocket League. Notice how it suddenly bumps up by about 20,000. By the end of the season, end of league play, those numbers start to just teeter out a little bit. Um, but it's good. I, I like it more purely because you're getting these uh, postings across the web basically shouting out, oh, Rocket League's got great growth, because that just then leads to further growth, hopefully, uh, by more people getting sight on it. And it just leads leads to more point that Rocket League should be bigger than what it currently is. Oh, you know, yeah. we're still at 1 million. What the hell is going on there? When that six invitational, it's an invitational tournament from teams that have previously done quite well. And then there was like a few qualifying spots was 3 million, Jay. And Rainbow Six I mean, I, is I the think... one I always track along with it, you know? I think Rainbow Six, um, the Six Invitational. I think it's sort of like considered the big, um, the big World Championship almost of, of the Rainbow Six sort of calendar. So I'm not really. Um, uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong it, about it's this. Not. That's the, it's not. Is it not? Okay. No, well, that's for, for me, I mean, I, I know that I know that a lot of people get really hyped about the Six Invitational. Like uh, uh, Desertu, for example, is a guy that mm-hmm. I've, I've known for a little bit of time. Uh, he always was. He always was looking forward to the Six Invitational. He, he built it up like it was sort of like the World Championship of the of the scene. Maybe it was back in the day. His maybe cool it's not to now. Do the Invitational um, was fantastic this weekend he did a cracking job oh yeah man i fucking love derry and derry's been like a real big inspiration and a great friend friend of mine so he had he fucking earned that you know he fucking earned that shit but that's a different game we, we we're breaking into a big tangent about that um but you know what? I'm glad you talked about sort of like the state of Rocket League as a uh, as an esport and having these numbers. I'm going to actually jump ahead to news article number three, Craig, if you want to uh, uh, skip past number two. Just we'll come back to that later because this was an interesting article that I think got launched today. Um, a shout out to Lucas in the Discord who uh, sent this uh, sent this uh, esports observer article to us uh, titled Q4 2019's most in fact in factful uh, impactful PC games. Uh, and you can see if you scroll through this article, you'll find a lot of the uh, uh, you you'll find a lot of sort of like numbers and statistics and uh, uh, and tier lists um, of which one of these tier lists shows the games of the last quarter of the uh, of, of the last year and rocket league is listed as a tier 2 esport now do we agree with this assessment of rocket league now Depending on your metrics, you may or may not believe so. I'm going to ask you, Bacon, for the answer before I reveal the actual metrics of how this article sort of okay. woke things up. So for me, I still think Rocket League... Rocket League's in an awkward place because realistically, by prize pools, by number of tournaments and such... I think it is realistically a tier three esport. You know, us all saying Rocket League should be tier two and that is because it should be pushed for that, but it's not there yet. I mean, you look at player salaries and shit, that is tier two. Like, they're inflated Uh, to that level. Some of fucking tier one, Jesus, man. Um, But it does come down to, again... And it, it's a little hint towards those uh, metrics, which Jay will explain. The tournament structure of Rocket League is still very much tier three. Um, but, like, by every other mean, Rocket League is a tier two esport. 
Well, here's the thing, right? The way that the Esports Observer weigh these things up and how they measure the actual impact of, 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 of tournaments and, uh, and, and esports scenes is that they use what they call the TEO PC Games Impact Index, which is a really fucking long-winded way of saying these are all... Of, this is our score this based off a number of factors. <laughs> yeah. And their key weighting performance factors... I don't know if you have the uh, have the page pulled up, Craig, but you can scroll down and take a look at exactly where this, uh, where, where, where this article goes. They actually weigh about 30% of the indicator as monthly active PC players um, with 25% being distributed winnings. So if you take a look at all those things, the majority of the uh, uh, of the uh, 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 of this uh, index is active players and distributed winnings. Also another 20% of esports hours watched. We can also basically make up for the majority of things. So this explains why a couple of discrepancies seem to lie in here. Rocket League up in tier two, because obviously they had the world championship, which was the highest viewed world mm -hmm. championship, the million dollar season and everything, uh, with uh, uh, the player base probably letting it down a little bit. But League of Legends and CSGO massively inflated by their player base. CSGO recently just hit records for its highest ever player base, almost a million concurrents uh, as of recently here. Um, and and that would also explain why titles like Dota 2, who everyone will not argue is a tier one fucking esports, um, that is in tier two region because obviously it's post international. Uh, international took place in Q3, so obviously in mm -hmm. Q3 it would have been in that tier one position versus now they haven't got the $30 million to prop up uh, the rankings according to the esports observer. That's also why Fortnite's also down there because they've done fuck all since the, uh, since the, uh, since the World uh, Cup. So that the numbers aren't a hundred percent here. And I think a lot of people taking a look at this are exclusively taking a look at, you know, this and, and trying to utilize it as a, uh, uh, as you know, as, as a big thing for, for the rocket league scene. But the truth is, is that overall in the index rating, they're ranked number six, uh, or number six behind, uh, just ahead of hearthstone, uh, and rainbow mm -hmm. six. So just, they're literally just slightly ahead of dropping out of the tier three position. Yeah, and just to look at other tier two, like World of Warcraft is not tier two. We all know that it just came off their worlds and the new fucking runs that they're doing. PUBG has now just had so many fucking American orgs pull out of the game uh, for the PC version. Mobile's still going on fine, but I reckon they probably bunch those two together uh, with PUBG mobile counting the same as PUBG, I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, so many orgs are pulling out of PUBG right now that it is looking like it's going to drop down. Had so much promise, but there is just no monetary value but you look down at tier three overwatch with the overwatch <laughs> league one of the biggest things is not tier three it's purely because in that one period they didn't have the overwatch league going it was their off season i mean personally i think overwatch is a tier three tournament just to stand a tier three <laughs> esports just stand alone right there but i digress um, the same could also be said for cod modern warfare which of course had nothing going on except for the yeah, COD, it's uh, only the, the just COD started it's just started new, up so yeah. You know, not only is this information out of date, it's also very, very divisive. So, like, be careful when you take a look at articles like this. Really do the research as to exactly why it comes in. And even if you scroll even further down the article, there is, like, a headline to talk about the midfield of its own right. Um, uh, uh, and mm. the actual uh, the actual reason why they're talking about, uh, the, the actual reasoning why they put Rocket League as high as they did, uh, is if you take a look at the actual article to quote it, uh, science developed Rocket League climbed four slots on the impact index as some of the game's most important esports events were held during the period. Uh, first, the regional e EU and NA Rocket League Championship Series uh, came to a close, awarding a total prize pool of $214,000 each. Um, uh, NRG won, blah, 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 blah. Regional competition leading to a uh, $530,000 uh, uh, prize pool, RLCS Global Finals in Madrid, which was topped by North American champion NRG. So... 
we've seen obviously that the, the, the main number that they're referencing here is the fact that obviously it's the world championship that ended off in this uh, in, in this quarter and they've also referenced the fact that they've basically got you know about a million dollars of prize pool roughly um, uh, I'm not going to do the numbers off the top of my head but it amounts to about 900,000 plus uh, so you know there is there's already um you know, there's already like the, the numbers are there for you as to why they've ranked it that high. And if they're going exclusively based on that, then that really should say that, you know, Rocket League is teetering on that tier two, tier three region. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, the problems that are with the Rocket League scene have not been addressed. The fact that there is no support for anything lower than the RLRS, which of course, even in its own right, is getting poorer and poorer support as time goes on. Uh, not by Psyonix, but just in general from the players and the player base and how they see the rival series as a whole. Um, you know, Bubble Scene obviously is left barren and fucking, uh, you know, wasted. Other regions, such as OCE and um, and South America still have not got the right support that they have. So, you know, this is just one aspect of looking at how things work. And fair enough to the Esports Observer, their main thing mm -hmm. is about the business side of Esports. So, of course, they will be focusing on stuff like audience engagement, player numbers, um you know, uh, fucking, um, uh, fucking, you know, price pool numbers and all these things like that, which is kind of part of their MO, but people looking mm -hmm. at this and thinking that this is the be all end all rocket league is now tier two. Like it's not guys, you know, we, we've got a long way to go still. Yeah. And it just comes down to, again, us thinking it, we, we know, and we've said it before, science too cautious, not wanting to up that because quite often a lot of companies are there going, if we up the, uh, you know, let's say the money, but then the viewership or whatever doesn't increase, we're then going to be losing out on money because Sinex is a way to look to Rocket League as a business. That's fine. It's just how they're dealing with things. We have to just accept that. But it, it's just coming down to the point. Mate. I fucking yeah. really wish we didn't. I mean, it's under their control. We've got nothing to do with it. But it just shows that the problem, and I want Esports Observer to maybe do a um, by a year to this point mark. So they do Q4, but that's, you know, Q1 to Q4. They'll come around and do Q1 2021, and it'll be Q2, Q3, Q4. So they do like a 12-month period instead of just that three months, which is such a, you know, a short-sighted uh, thing because you look across a whole year and, yeah, like you said, Dota would be straight up there in Tier 1. Fortnite, over a 12-month period, would still be up there in Tier 1. But Rocket League, it would, st I think, could still be there in Tier 2, but it'd be, like, where World of Warcraft is right now and World of Warcraft would probably be down in Tier 3. You know, it just it just shows that it, it would shift the scales a little bit, which I think would just weight things more evenly as a more truthful, article you know but the matter of fact is that they're just looking at a three month period and that's why things might be a little bit squiffy yeah so like just take it with a pinch of salt i know that everyone's been ranting and raving about this guy like, oh it's mm -hmm. amazing it, it's not as amazing as you might think guys like take a look at the real you know the the, the real metrics of how this is all going down oh, and, and uh, speaking of metrics and how th sorry go on were you gonna say something i was gonna say at the same time and like don't think that little tier list like tier one tier two tier three means the be all and end all like oh we finally got the recognition that we're tier two no the recognition is your big time streamers like summit 1g and all of that sort of lot like, coming out on uh, Twitter to God knows how many million followers and saying like, you know, this is awesome shit. That's the recognition that actually means stuff, not just, you know, being classed into a specific category, you know? 
Indeed, yes. Well, uh, we're talking about statistics and specifics and uh, forward and progress and all these random little tidbits. Uh, we want to talk about <laughs> progress and statistics from the Rocket League scene from an objective and subjective standpoint because one of the key things that we've always talked about is seeing some of the better sort of uh, brains of the scene come forward and make mm -hmm. analytical tools. Obviously, that's how the likes of uh, Bull Chasing GG was uh, created. Um, there was also that subpar overlay that they had for the uh, subpar uh, TRRLCS, um, mm -hmm. which I, I really wish that they would release that to, to tournament organizers because it would be fucking amazing to utilize some of those tools. But here's another tool that's also really cool to use. You can bring this up. Uh, Twitter user Platypun made this and put it up on Twitter last night. This is a video of a live viewer, a live 3D viewer uh, from the Rocket League, uh, uh, from, from a Rocket League match, which I have to say, Bacon, this is fucking cool. This, this is, is so witchcraft right fucking here. cool. This is awesome. I love this to bits. <laughs> and then imagine if we could flesh it out, get some textures up on this, uh, up on this 3D diagram and utilize it in an analysis sort of context. Like, you, know, you don't have to do it within the, you know, mm. within the game, you only get so much of a view, but with this, you can get like easy access overlay uh, and you can see him like sort of like rotating the camera uh, around and about from the, uh, uh, from within the, the from within the, uh, the, uh, uh, what's this called? The skeleton view from the, uh, from, from the, from the overarching sort of camera. Yeah, and it's like, like, this is, this is, yeah, the wireframe. That's what I'm trying to look for. This is such a fucking cool thing. Like, you know, all you have to do is texture this up and this is ready for broadcast already. Like, these are the kind of tools that we'd fucking kill for in Counter-Strike, let alone Rocket League. This is awesome, man. This is fucking awesome. Mm. And this is the sort of thing which we've been shouting for ages that we want included, especially at the high end, you know, like this including the RLCS is like a little bit of an observer trait, you know, naturally for players, this shouldn't be allowed because it's how an extra sort of tool uh, gives you more field of view than what the game can actually give you uh, because you can see the entire picture of this. But as an observer, that don't mean shit. That's more information, which is always better for a spectator. And again, like I said, I don't know how this exactly works it's going through backers mod um well, I, I think i have a general rough idea i think yeah. it works in a similar sort of way as the plugin that uh, the subpar guys developed and yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. also a very similar thing to the custom uh, uis that we have in counter-strike in that mm -hmm. essentially in, in, from a basic sort of theoretical standpoint all of the information that you see from a spectator slot within within a server it's all just data transmitted to you so you get oh, everything it, you get it's just player up positions the that's being changed and like those data basically going player is now uh, x coordinate and all of that sort of thing and it's just yeah. picking that up putting it onto a map essentially and it's pretty simple stuff to do um i i find that very interesting just how quick uh, the response is to actually what's going on in game in like the very yeah uh the processing time to that because naturally if you go on bullchasing.gg and look at their sort of free the um sort of structure that they've set up with their replay analysis on there that makes perfect sense because it's just running off a demo which has that data already sat there just waiting yeah. to be picked up you know and and, and obviously with the way the pull tracing works is that you have to wait until the the the, the website actually processes all those ticks yeah. uh, so that way they can use the uh, uh so that way they can like output the data in the context of that um mm. they haven't been able to find a way to do it live though which is what's really cool about this plus that and as well the response of the car and ball positioning is super super smooth 
smooth, like buttery smooth, um, which is also just another plus to what is otherwise just a fucking amazing little piece of kit. Um, and I'd love to get my hands on this, you know. Um, mm. uh, I, I don't know whether it's likely if we will. I know that already several uh, analysts and, uh, and and members of the uh, of the community have already stepped up and asked for or, or asked that they can speak to things, speak to uh, uh, about it. Um, you know, Lawler's already stepped up and said, "Can we uh, have a chat?" Uh, uh, Verge from the uh, Dignitas camp, the uh, the coach for him has already said, "Can we have a talk as well?" Uh, it's gotten a lot of community support and everything. Like, there's been a ton of responses. People tagging Psionics to do this as well in mm -hmm. the RSCS podcast, which would be amazing if they would do it. But let's be real here, Bacon. Psionics are going to shut this down quicker than fucking Guantanamo Bay. I think because, like, my way of, I'm always quite optimistic. My way of looking at it is <laughs> if you continuously keep bringing these up and people quit and quite easily make these, it just comes round to the point of why the fuck is it not implemented yet? That's how I just see it. Because like we said, this sort of thing for an an overlay on the RLCS stream just makes perfect, complete sense. Yeah, you, you can look at it from the perspective of, oh, but the people that are watching on their phones on, you know, 360p, they're not going to be able to see this uh, wireframe box. Well, that, that's off. their fault. <laughs> no. Like, that don't matter. I'll you enable you. to I'll everyone. And it's a wireframe, so it's not covering much because it's slightly transparent. Like, there's so many different views and, like, so many people coming up with excuses. And it's that point now of, no, no fucking excuses are needed. Add it because it increases the viewership experience as a whole. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, I realize that we're coming from the perspective of a very sort of hardcore fan, but if you mm. cater to the hardcore fan, the casual fan has more reason to get invested. I'm not saying to overwhelm them with all this shit, but this mm. is this is absolutely fine because you can utilize this as the fucking, you know, to, as the basis to sort of like, you know, do all those drawing things that we see on like Weatherman segments. Like if you've watched the GFINITY Elite series in the past, you'll know what we're talking about. One of the casters gets up on the little platform and then they do some drawings above like some screenshots and videos demos and shit well a little it's shout like, out this is uh, i was going to say because one of the guys responding to it and like why i originally picked up on it because of following it is verge dignitas's uh coach and yep. he's actually got a youtube video out now right about spacing which uh i recommend people go have a little look at it's quite a cool little tutorial on how he summarizes how you, you space out on the pitch and how much it's basically about how much ground you can cover and trying to cover as most uh, as much ground as you can as a team effectively but he basically just uses like the ball chasing g overlay and then has some extension i don't know how i'd imagine it's actually probably through backers mod but just showing an area of reachability probably calculated like what you can reach within one second of gameplay and just simple stuff like that helps coaching but this naturally having stuff like this we're talking about it'll help coaching but it helps people visualize stuff on stream which is just the main crucial aspect not only that but having more simpler ways that people at home can pull api whether it be for a web browser and be able to improve themselves is just part of a fan experience really isn't it yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of people watch esports as a whole, you know, not just Rocket League, but in, in general, you know, that's the reason why um, certain tier two tournaments will get a lot of viewership because the casual audience will just so happen to be like, right, let's go ahead and watch some of these pro matches from the lower level so we can start to bridge the gap between us and the next sort of step up in our own individual skill. And it's like, you know, that's a fantastic fucking way uh, to, uh, uh, to, to to help get the casual audience invested in the esport. That's another reason as well why the bubble scene should be more supported, by the way, because believe it or not, there are people that watch bubble scene tournaments 
performance so that they can find ways that they individually can improve. Um, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm going to be real here, Bacon. Like, you know, we probably, this is probably, we're going to see this flash up. A couple of people might use it for a little bit and then it's going to die. Um, it, and that's it, nothing, that's nothing to do with Platypon's sort of like, you know, uh, sort of like, you know, efforts. But this is all just because, you know, Sinox would never let this slide. They're going to find some sort of way to either buy it up and, and get it out of the way or shut it down entirely because that's exactly what they've done in the past, you know? Why has that overlay from Subpar never become a thing? Uh, why has ball chasing never been implemented into proper, like, you know, Rocket League sort of uh, uh, elements? There was another website that I think was trying to get bought up by Sionix, which I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, it was similar to ball chasing in the sense that they had, like, a, a demo player from within the website. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like, you know, all these things that people are contributing and how many have oh, actually made it into... Back during Bad Panda time, sort of, that became Gif Your Game. But they had very yeah, I think that might have been it. But like, the, the point is that all these things that have come up, how many have actually been implemented into the esports scene by Psionics and just by, you know, the Rocket League esports space in general, you know? Not many. Well, it, yeah, it's the same thing of every, I'm going to say, four to six months, you'll see a new Reddit post, a new sort of wave of tweets coming out about people saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had this new overlay redesign and all of that sort of stuff, you know, going on? And it will continuously keep happening and nothing will change. I was there last uh, night because, of course, we are covering uh, the Rival Series play-ins whilst at the same time RLCS was going on. And I was looking at it and going, there is so much potential because you can look at the difference between what Rival do and what RLCS does. My main thing is just Rival trying to innovate, bring new stuff in each and every time. But the RLCS has been the same for so goddamn long and it doesn't seem to improve. And there are so many little things they could change with uh, the overlay there to just increase, put some more statistics like we've been asking for for ages. Just adding boost as a whole would make so much more sense in the information because you can look at it and go, Oh, he's not going to be able to get up there. How are they going to change this up? Whereas this is players, why I love of course, keeper. Yeah. This is why I love open circuit esports so much, man. Like, you know, because like every single TO is trying to push the push their product to be the best. And when you have like an exclusively mm. one championship owned by a developer, they have no reason to ever improve, which is the reason why RLCS has stalled in its own or not not stalled, but stagnated um in its own right. It's like, you know, and, and shit like this is yeah. proof of the pudding, you know. Like if fucking DreamHack and ESL were running like major tournaments like once a month in trade, you can guarantee that one of them would look at this and be like Fucking hell, hire this man. Hire this Platypun dude. Let's get him fucking on our broadcast team so we can, you know, utilize this in our, in, in part of our broadcast package. You know, Sonic's never going to think that way. They never will. And well, that's not therefore, even, like, you know, properly hire him, give him, like, a salary at con uh, and all of that, like, full-time contract. You just let it go as a freelance thing. You know, you can quite easily get yeah, that's what I mean, that you know, way. You have one internal engineer working on the API, which, from the sounds of it, needs to be upgraded anyway, and they should be thinking about doing that. But then you just have contractors that can just link up and create these little uh, add-ons to it for, you know, an, uh, a bespoke amount, just whenever they come up with a new idea to add on. Sonics looks in and goes, yeah, we'd like to buy that uh, IP, that property of what you've made. Quite simple. And then never use it. <laughs> that's, that's what Psyonics do, basically. Ah, it'd be um, much easier to just shut it down. That's it. Yeah, Don't exactly. have to pay any money for exactly. that. Exactly. Of course. Big brain plays, Bacon. Big brain <laughs> plays. And big brain plays from Platypun. Honestly, mate, if you are listening, good luck with this project. I hope it goes somewhere because way too many of these incredibly innovative and creative ideas in Rocket League have just not gone anywhere due to no fault of you know guys like yourself. So... 
I'm mm-hmm. wishing you the best here from RL Aftershock. I'm only analyzing this from an objective perspective because that's my job. Honestly, in my heart of hearts, I want to see this succeed and do something magical. But that's going to be it for the news here. A slow news week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mostly because of the results happening because that's what the majority of the show is going to be all about. Yes, the Rocket League Championship Series and the Rival Series have kicked off in the past weekend. Obviously, last week we had the fucking funny... Um, the funny uh, 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 server issues which caused us to push this show back yep. a week but that is absolutely fine uh, because it actually went down this week no server outages no my SQL problems no cats on Octanes with loading screens trying to figure out what the fuck is going on thank you Craig for this meme it's awesome and fantastic <laughs> um, uh, you know n- no problems whatsoever instead we have nothing but pure Rocket League to break down on today's show Bacon and uh, what a weekend it has been you know very difficult to sort of pack things up and, 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 and pick things up and uh, uh, mention any of the uh, uh, and, and and sort of like you know catch all the action essentially we we did have one server issue in that Savet Geneva versus the boys game which we have to bring it up was as F1 quickly yes. it was resolved quickly it, so credit like, where it's due exactly like i'm only bringing that up now because there will just be uh you know someone in the uh post or someone tweets us after this going um actually and you just get pissed off by that so yes we'll bring it up now <laughs> for everyone but realistically things went fairly smooth this weekend we're we're fairly pleased and surprised and that's the good stuff Right, so in that respect, let's talk about some of the action in the respect of and what actually you know went down in respect of the actual uh, matches themselves. And mm-hmm. I do want to just make a general point about the actual quality of the RLRS uh, uh, um, uh, play-ins because yep. obviously that was the, that is the main thing that we were focused on this weekend, Bacon, because we were casting the tournament. So we were skipping through and we were talking about a lot of the matches. Uh, we were taking a look uh, at, the, at the action happening on the stream at Rival Esports. And I have to say that this may be one of the most disappointing play-in brackets uh, qualifying matches at the very least that I have personally ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, some great moments highlighted, but there were points in previous seasons where some of the where some of the, the gameplay um, was so much better than some of the matches that we've seen on the board. And I'm not sure whether that's down to just some teams like We Them Girls just being absolutely fucking godlike and therefore, you know, just not holding a single candle to some of the other, to some of the, uh, uh, some of the teams involved, or whether it's a case of teams like, you know, Team Vertex and Savet Geneva being really unconfident or what have you. But mm-hmm. I have to say that I I had one of the worst times casting uh, Rocket League. Also, there's also another aspect as well as what I mentioned at the top of the show with everyone fucking DMing me death threats. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like th- th- that's kind of taints my view to a certain extent. So take that with as much salt as you will. Um, uh, uh, but I think you kind of agree with me to a certain extent that the level of gameplay on the Rival Series play-ins was just not as high this season as it was in previous. Yeah. And the only thing we can near enough account that too is the drop off in bubble support. Naturally, you had stuff like the skirmish and that going on. But I think the big difference that we're seeing at the moment is that lack of opportunity for bubble players to go up against RLCS teams and such. Uh, let's take it back near enough. Rewind, uh, Christ, we're talking a year and a half now to stuff like uh, the play. Or uh, Yeah, was it a play? Uh, yeah, the Grand Prix is one during. about the play action, yeah. Uh, and the Coliseum. Just when we had teams like Triple Trouble, Savage originally coming on through and how strong they look, they're able to rival. Don't get me wrong, 
Savage was partly made up of RLCS teams. But where you get a lot of, and the Bricks before that time, you get a lot of strength coming from being able to go up against the best of the best and learn from that. Whereas now, it just feels like the bubble scene is off in its own bubble. It is stuck there. Quite literally, It's yeah. hard to actually progress when you have none of the competition, which really pushes yourself because naturally you learn more in defeat. But then also if you're stuck in a little ecosystem where you're going up against people of your same caliber and you're not going up against anyone that can stomp you, you're not going to learn the correct things. Everyone's making the same mistakes. And we saw a fuck ton of mistakes this weekend. So much oh, overcommitting. Yeah. That was the thing of, uh, I'm just going to say right now, because I said it on stream, We Them Girls, that was the second worst series I have seen from them in the last month. And it was still good enough for them to qualify through. That just, to me, really proves the point of how bubble scene has dropped off. And it comes to so many different factors. Like we said, not enough minor tournaments going on. One month for the teams to still get together and qualify, make it on through. Don't get me wrong. There is part of that too. The players could have been preparing well ahead before of that, naturally, like we say each and every I, time. I am... Just because you didn't make RLRS doesn't mean you should split up for the next uh, God knows how many months and then reform new teams beforehand. That is the In caveat fairness, to it. Though, to, to, be, to, to, to the credit of the players, though, um, it is a bit difficult to justify staying together with a team when there's nothing else significant going on. Exactly, there's um, nothing going know, on. Like, you know, again, I can't see a, a, a proper legitimate team in the bubble scene trying to you know, justify going to the fucking drama alert weeklies you know I, I love what drama alert are doing obviously you know if i didn't we wouldn't have supported it we wouldn't have gone on and casted the fucking tournament you know um and and it's just like you know those tournaments they're very specifically de dedicated to the community there's nothing like the the thousand dollar monthlies that we used to have there's nothing like the renegade cup that we used to have you know there's just nothing of that sort of caliber and teams now that they're out of this uh, bracket they're probably that's that, that the most of them are probably going to split ways bacon like you know that's just nature and, and, and justification you know i can't if i was a player in this in in the in this landscape i would see no reason to keep playing the game for another three months until the next season rolls around or maybe the yeah. uh, the iwo starter rolls around and then just get into a national team and just split away from whatever team i had before you know like and 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 that really this really is the effect i feel like i think most of it is to come down to the bubble scene support because where we used to have a lot of sponsors and a lot of organizers investing in the future of rocket league all those sponsors and 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 tournament organizers have pulled out because they can't see the return coming through anymore and mm -hmm. psionics have not opted to fill the gap with the renegade cup it felt like that's what they were going to do but they've not opted to continue that particular style and as a result, the bubble scene in Europe as a whole has suffered. I'm pretty sure it's also the same for North America, but I didn't see any of the North American rival mm -hmm. series, so I can't comment on that specifically. Um, but based on the, what we've heard from professional players, based on what we've heard from other community figures in that sort of like, you know, uh, it, within that sort of like, you know, that's swimming those sort of circles. It, it seems like a very similar situation across the entire scene. Um, and, and, and here we are as a result. Again, I have to say that while I am going to talk positively about some of the players <laughs> and teams on these particular lineups and for the... Uh, teams that qualified like let's be real here this could have been so so much better than what it really was and then this it's not not to blame the players or the teams themselves it seems to be all once again happening in the fucking you know we, we, it seems to be happening and and a problem seems to be happening within the context of the scene as a whole yeah, so at the moment, it's quite nice that we've just seen a new sort of like flourish. And we do have national leagues going on, but that's 
always that tier below and in that's not an international level by the internet, way that i see like, it the way that i, I see when it, we say miners we mean international miners you know you're up to 5k and anyone across europe can enter sort of deal it, like I'm, I'm saying up to 5k because that's all we're allowed at the moment but you get my point where it's anyone can enter on these national circuits where generally they're a little bit lower they're still fantastic and i love that we get to see them because that's like below the bubble level so that's building people up to there that's naturally there should be a path in routes bubble at the moment should be tier three like i said those miners tier four is the national level and i'm quite happy for that to be building up i would love if there was a real sonic support for both the bubble and national level and try and just basically do you know any team anyone any org wants to put on national tournaments we'll give you a little bit of funding will give you help to support trying to link it up with whatever but it's just how things have stacked out and stagnated and i i wouldn't even say stagnated how they've just dropped off is really painful well the way that i see it is that the the national sort of tournament should be a part of sort of like a bigger sort of league structure like the way that i see it is that it's sort of like the english football league in that the mm. sense that when you go further enough down the field you get to leagues that are very specific to certain regions like you can go to the southern league division one for example where that is you know the um uh, oh, sorry southern league division one central which goes into the southern league central division which goes into the national league north which goes into the national league and then progresses mm -hmm. into efl league two one championship premier league you know yeah. something some shit like that you know i'd love to see something along those sort of uh, some, some some of those sort of lines and i know that there are certain you know motivations like that like the rocket baguette uh, uh, superstar and rising stars sort of circuit um but you know with all these unconnected sort of elements in terms of like you know tcs rknc um you know i think there's one from poland that also got announced today uh i, th I remember seeing something in the discord about that mm -hmm. you know things like that i think uh, that, 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 that could potentially one, yeah. Yeah, that one, uh, the ESC tournament. Like all those things could have been very nicely uh, could could have been nicely implemented into each other and to bolster out the scene. But obviously, Sonics are not really looking to do that. Um, uh, and yeah, again, I feel like uh, I feel like there's a missed opportunity in that respect. But you know. I, I digress at this point. You know, we're kind of like going off on a bit of a tangent yeah, in respect yeah, yeah. of the uh, uh, of the scene. Back to the original point because i'll try and bring us back on the statement because we do have breezy from weedham girls in chat and i do like his statement coming in through right now because i originally was gonna i you know stored it away in the brain bank when he said earlier it's definitely because uh meta's changing they counted and then he follows on meta's changing star gameplay is uh slowly coming and players are inconsistent at it um which makes it look very shitty because no one's really consistent and yeah by all means, you can definitely see the mayor is definitely changing the moment, but I still hold on to my point. That was the weakest shine because I but count the, thing. Like, the numerous over commits from we them girls, numerous double commits, the numerous times that they actually bumped into each other. That still yeah. makes it a bad shine. Yes, it's inconsistent, but the problem is everyone's doing it and that's just everyone trying to come to terms with mayor. And to be honest, that's what we expect of a bubble scene. It's just like, that's why we're saying it's only just emphasized itself more because in the past we've had rlrs qualifying teams that have shown that they are cut above the rest you'd always get two free teams that would easily qualify them through and you expected those plays coming into this one it was always where we've got about 20 and who the heck knows like you look at our predictions from last week we thought we had we'll straight up say one of them the boys and three of a kind should have been everyone's sort of like favorites and they didn't make it on through, but just because numerous different reasons. But it just shows that it's so weird at the moment. And 
I think this sort of style where stuff is becoming very awkward because of the meta just emphasizes the problems at the same time of the playing system where it comes down to one day. And it's a whole load of everything is finally colliding head on with the problems that are presented with the current e e um, ecosystem in Rocket League. I mean, personally, the way that I look at it is that if there was a meta shift, then surely if a defined bubble scene was there, then most of these issues would have been ironed out, you know? Mm. Um, maybe th there wouldn't be so many double commits and over commits like the things that you mentioned not only yesterday during the broadcast, but also here just a moment ago. You know, to me, it feels like it's 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 less of a meta issue, even though there is an element to to consider. I mean, personally, I don't really notice much meta. I'm not an analyst uh, explicitly. So, you know, I can only I can only comment in certain, I can only comment in broad strokes when it comes to analysis as a whole. Um for me, it feels certainly like, you know, there that, that a lot of the issue issues could have been mitigated if there was a bit more of a defined scene, um, you know, and I guess that is part of my MO because that's what I want to push for. That's what I push for on the our, our mm. Aftershock. So I am biased in that respect. But yeah, it, it just feels like to me, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there's only, that's only telling half of the story. Um, uh, but we could talk about this for the entire fucking podcast, to be honest. So, you know, um, uh, I think we, need to, we do need to move on and actually talk mm. about the teams themselves. Uh, because, obviously, seven teams made it in. We're going to talk about nine teams today, though. Um, uh, uh, because there were some honorable mentions we wanted to talk about because of the fucking, um, uh, because of the fucking uh, teams that we expected to make it in and didn't make it in. Example, mm -hmm. as you mentioned a moment ago, the boys and three of a kind. Now... The, uh, the boys will start with them. I think on this particular, uh, talking start, uh, talking start, because I thought they would make it through. You did not think they would make it through. Um, and initially they had a very promising start in the, uh, uh in the tournament. They got three ones and three zeros all the way through up until they took on RCD Espanol. And we casted that game bacon. They actually shit the bed. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did not stomped. have a good time. And they did not have a good time on server. The reason why I pointed out way earlier on was just purely because there were three great players, but they did not have any chemistry together. You could see it on the pitches, a lot of solo plays going on, no link-ups between themselves really with passing plays, and their position around the pitch left a lot of open space, which always got capitalized upon, and that was their biggest problem. It's one of those things of it... They were very, very close just by capability and their pace. They're quite fast players, but naturally it just... When, when you're going up against RCD Espanol, you're a pretty well-oiled machine and are going to be very scary this coming yeah. season. It just showed. A lot of questions were surrounding the RCD Espanol side, and I get, we'll talk about that in more detail in a moment's time. But just to go back on the boys right here, as is pointed out appropriately by the chat, they pulled a mouse sports bacon because they had three opportunities, three games to win, of which they only had to take one game, and they lost all three. RCD Espanol, 3-0. Awkward uh, Turtles, 3-2. And against the Vet Geneva, it was a 3-2. They tried to go for the reverse sweep, but they didn't quite make it happen in the end with that 2-0 coming in the last game. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of what you said as well in the, in the, uh, in the preview show two weeks ago, and that you said that, you know, this team kind of being haphazardly thrown together as three individuals um, uh, will have the talent there and the potential to make it, is what I said, but you said they wouldn't have the team play. Definitely felt like that to me. A lot of double commits, a lot of over commits, and in my opinion, some of the, uh, some of the biggest disappointments in terms of just that name value alone. From some of the comms that I've heard from teams that have been sent and like asked for recently, um, don't get me wrong, they're a bit more in the lower bubble scene. Um, it seems at the moment like the current method for communicating is not based on 
telling each other where you are it feels a lot more trying to predict and talking about your opponents and how that like their boost levels where they're at and it's coming down to a lot more of just instinctive synergy with rock league at the moment well that's how i'm taking it uh just from what I've seen in that. And I can understand that is a natural progression. That's actually a very powerful way of talking, but it just shows why a team like this didn't work against that, you know, because naturally mm. they're not quite knowing where each other are and where RCD Espanol were able to easily beat them on out and everything. The boys did come back on in and they were getting stronger throughout the series. And I definitely want to say game two where they got their pre jumps and their predictions a lot better. It showed that they do have the room to grow, but again, it just didn't work out against RCD Espanol. Moving on further on later down the line, you can see they're very close against the Orchid Turtles. And that was one which I thought they would win quite naturally, but didn't happen. It's just all very odd because this is a team which should have been an easy bet on purely by namesake alone. You know, yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, put them put them within the line of doing what Savage did. And I think possibly we may have overestimated exactly what they were able to do based on the fact that a lot was there. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the chemistry mm. issues that Burrito B had with Rick's Ronde were also me, very, so were very apparent. Um, so, yeah, the boys... Uh, the bums, apparently, as they're bumming it out of the of the rival <laughs> series bracket. Um, again, that 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 it must be harsh to take three losses in a row when you only need one to take the actual fucking win. Uh, anyways, three of a kind, I think, are also a disappointment team. Uh, they came in as playing seed number seven. This is the team of Alex Blurry and Ocelon, for those of you who don't know. Um, and they went out pretty early in the bracket, all things considered. They did make it to the uh, round of 32, where they lost out to Sefet Geneva in the end. Um, uh, and then from there, they dropped down to uh, face off against, who was it? Danish Dynamites. Uh, sorry, HD Esports, excuse me. They got that easy sort mm -hmm. of a win. Then they went on to the second round of the uh, lower bracket, uh, according to Liquipedia, of course, not according to Smash. Uh, they took them on the Danish Dynamite side and lost 3-0 to them. And remember what we said about Danish Dynamite Bacon, you know, they were not a team that we expected to do much in this qualifier. In the end, they didn't. They lost to uh, Moose Mat. Um... So this where, was where very fucking disappointing from three of a where kind. We expected, sorry, with uh, Danish Dynamite, we thought yeah. it'd be losers round three, four. Uh, what does that put them top thirty-two? We that's where we pretty much predict them go. Uh, think that makes them top twenty-four in round four. Top sixteen, actually. Top sixteen, damn. Okay. Which I think is so a bit actually, of an overperformance. Over I think, yeah, that's one step further than where I would expect it, especially against Venk Gaming and Three of the Kind. They didn't, like, Danish Dynamite didn't have a uh, easy run, particularly with those teams, but that's just how we are with... Uh, I Like, when we were looking at the seedings and such, we thought that sort of 20 down to 50 mark is actually quite, like, hard to rank teams between because it comes down to on-day performances. But... Talking about three of a kind here, yeah, they, we, we just the blunt short of it, they shut the bed. Uh, we have to be pretty honest about yeah. that. Like, I mean, let, 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 let's be real. We, we are still in agreement that Danish Dynamite, most of that team is fucking washed. You know, like Maestro and Aldente, I don't think they're ever going to make it back to the pro scene. You know, it's like they've, they've mm -hmm. had their time. It's over. You know, Pondex, I still think he's got a chance. I still think he's got a little bit of life left in him. That life is slowly wasting away, being stuck though. down in the... That's the thing. Pondex needs to find some good teammates, man. He was so fucking good on XL. 
He still is so fucking good. Why he teamed with Maestro and Aldente when he could have easily slotted into some of the other teams and managed to make a decent run, like, it, it fucking baffles me. It still baffles me to this day about how he managed to get in Danish Dynamite. They dynamited the fuck out. They blew up all of them. You know, they blew up all of them. <laughs> like, and they managed there, to somehow take down. away... They somehow Sorry. managed to take away the fucking three of a kind side who I don't think in any respect should have lost to Danish Dynamite, let alone lose to them 3-0. Um, so, yeah, another big disappointment for me in that one. I thought they would go much further than this one, Bacon. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I look at chat there and it, there was a couple of uh, you guys want to say Freakant and Breezy saying that it was expected that uh, no Freakant said now nah, the boys and Freakant were always going to choke now the boys you definitely don't expect it I'm just going to say now when you've got that caliber of players you'd thought it's an easy bet you I was expecting them to scrape through if they did make it in the lower bracket purely because you've got those stronger um, more stuck together teams with Vertex um after seeing them yesterday, I went and looked at what they'd done, and actually, they were sleepers. Uh, it was mainly just scrims. Uh, the couple of results, which I must have overlooked, uh, I think they had two tournaments they played in. They were very strong. And yeah, Vertex, you saw them yesterday. They were just nothing fancy. It was like, I want to say, a bit like German football. So nothing fancy at all, like Spanish football and that. But they got the job done. And they're actually, for me, suddenly become a very scary team because, like I said before, of how the current meta seems to have changed and how teams are working together, they are very comfortable with how to play with each other and just naturally know where each other are. On that aspect, they're the strongest team. They don't have the pace to match RCD Espanol or Weedem Girls, but I'm just saying, like, with how things are going now, you look at how three of a kind played and the boys played they did not have that they did not have the looks or well, three of a kind did but the boys definitely didn't have the looks of how to play together three of a kind i think just got massively nervous and it was a choke fest for them and it's a bit scary I guess in, in that respect, we can talk a little bit more about the, the Vertex side, obviously, okay. because, um, uh, you know, obviously we had our doubts about whether or not they'd be able to do anything in the, in the bracket. We talked about, you know, mm. obviously the uh, uh, the roster swaps that this team had uh, had, uh, had done before they decided to move in. We talked about them maybe not deserving the third seed, but no, they deserve that third seed, Bacon. They had an easy time oh, yeah. through the bracket. 3 uh, zeroing out Block Block, who were among our picks uh, in this, uh, 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 who, who are among our picks in the, uh, in, in our predictions so Vertex had a, had a really good time all things considered you know like the, this this team actually as you mentioned you know unexpectedly a threat in the rival series um, I'm not sure how far they can go in terms of you know the, the league play season because obviously we still got to see whether or not Nagflo can can hold um, uh, can, 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 uh, sorry whether or not Nagflo can hold the team together is, is what I'm trying to say um, Nagflo is not a problem uh, the you don't, you don't think big so? crucial part See, no, Nagflow was fine it, it's that case of Nagflow's not the one to focus on Dumain has to stay such a strong solid third man and Coca the way they're playing at the moment I described on the streams Coca originally attacks first and then stays upfield where quite often by natural rotation she would fall back as a third man role but no, Coca stays upfield, so it, and it works like a one-to-one pass and rotation, which I don't see that often from many other teams. Um, and with Nagflow just having to be a playmaker and instigator, all he's got to do is pass it back or 
try and stall up and create opportunities there. He has not got to think about how to, um, you know, get pinpoint accuracy on his shots. He's just got to be there taking in information from Dumaine at the back or Kokoba's side and just put and deliver the ball to where they want it. He is probably got the most subtly like off screen like when you like when you're trying to analyze gameplay he's got a very heavily pressured point but he's just got to follow instructions to a t and that's not a bad area to be at he's never going to get any blame on broadcast but he'll get it from his teammates of course because it's that case of oh why didn't you pass it to me there well because you probably didn't tell me or i couldn't it was not within i didn't have the boost for it that sort of thing but he's got a very weird structure and i that's what's intriguing me about vertex the most because as you keep pointing out uh, in chat breezy about synergy this is a team that relies incredibly upon that because mechanically they're not anything to you know be scared of um pace wise they're okay like they're pretty good pace wise but they're nothing like they're not faster than rcd espanol or weedem girls um or block block they're, they're a little bit quicker than awkward turtles but it is all coming down to as a team with that togetherness this is by far the best team in that way do you think they could potentially be, you know, staying in the rival series this time around or are they dropping I've, out? Like, do we have the schedule up yet? I'm um, just going to quickly see. Um, I highly doubt it as I go and try and look at it now. If it is up, that's going to be incredible. We don't worth, know. No. But I think they're going to be the best performers in like the first two, three weeks. Um Purely because they've already got that. The other teams are still learning. Again, this comes down to the whole crux of our problems saying about how the bubble scene is not there yet. Miners aren't going on. So they're coming in the most together team. So those three weeks are going to be so solid for them. And they'll get that instant. I think from those three, four weeks, they'll get that instant pass to top six. There is no problem for them, you know, completely against vertex last season with Rizex on it, who looked a shambles. I don't know why people were telling us beforehand that they were a really scary team to go up against because last season they just weren't together. They didn't have any on-screen performance mm, yeah, uh, or tournament performance results, but now they've got it. And, this was a weird one because statistically looking at it beforehand, the move from Rizex, like Rizex chose himself to leave, but the move over Nagflow was just a sideways movement, weren't it? It wasn't an upgrade. It, it wasn't a downgrade by any means, but it just seems that togetherness this season is the matter and that's what's held them. Maybe they were ahead of their time, you know, but when you talk about it that way, ahead of their time, why didn't it work last season? Surely players can resort back to that playstyle. Who knows? It's going to be super interesting going into next week and the following week, purely because how do teams combat Vertex? Because they by far are the strongest team in RORS at the moment, I say. That certainly is a bold statement. Um, I, I think that's yet to be seen. I mean, obviously, they've got to step up to try to see if they can challenge some of the more established teams that are there in the Rivals series. Uh, but you mentioned Rizex a moment ago. Mm -hmm. 
And obviously, he's also returning to the Rival Series under the RJM squad, who um, uh, had a bit of a tussle to try and get themselves into the uh, 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 to try and get themselves into the uh, qualifying match of the upper bracket. Um, but when they turn, turned up against the Vet Geneva, they had a very very simple series at three zero that they uh, managed to hold on here. Um, what did you see in this side? What do you think has? Uh, what, what do you think uh, the stock is in RJM at the moment? I'm seeing you're seeing the, the I'm seeing the big eyes. It, it's uh, only because <laughs> I've just realised why they're called RGM. Are you fucking serious? I did not connect the dots on this one. It's always the simple things you overlook. Wow. Um, but what do I see? Justice and White Boy are great together. They always are. Rosex is fine and sort of slipped like this he is the one which I've got the questions about because naturally he wants to be a more aggressive upfield player but here I look at Justice Mike Boy and just say let those two do it where they've got that synergy and this is a team which I had massive high hopes coming for but going through the planes and basically this last two weeks where it's become a lot more obvious as an analyst because all the data has come together and we're able to see it you know like that's the problem with a really short off season is that for up until the planes you're there going I have no, like, these teams look strong because they've got this, this, and that. But come around to the planes like last night, and you finally get, oh, this is what happened. It's all the teams that put the groundwork on in. And I jam, I am really topsy turvy. I think against teams like Triple Trouble, they're going to struggle. But Get Squad, I think they'll struggle against. Vertex, they'll definitely struggle against. Uh, we didn't girls to struggle against. So that puts them, I think, already below four teams. Their best hopes is to try and scramble for a fifth, sixth spot. And I think looking at the lineups, they'll do it. I, I reckon RGM are going to be a fifth, sixth finish for them, which I mean, I mean, isn't I... bad. I'm a little bit wary about making comments on where or not I think RJM can can compete here because like obviously their main comparison point was Savet Geneva. That was the one series that we saw out of RJM on the stream. Um, we didn't get to see any of the matches from the, from the rest of the bracket. So like you know that that's the main sort of thing to go with. And just how badly here. did they Savet, smash Savet Geneva? Realistically, yeah, Savet Geneva were looking very unconfident from the outset. You know they scored one confident True. goal initially and they were like awesome, fantastic. The the curse is broken. They they're no longer unconfident. And then immediately RJM just came back in. They started reverting back to playing way too passively and, and everything like that so you know the, the comparison point here for rjm is still not that clear to me um you know obviously you have better insights into the, how individuals and teams play than i do um uh, uh, but you know like just just based off that result like rjm I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical as to how far they can really go i'm skeptical as to whether they can even stay in the fifth and sixth position uh, uh, uh i i, I just, yeah I'm, I'm a little bit wary about whether or not um, that's even a plausibility at the moment uh i'm, I'm curious and they're one of the teams i'm going to keep my eyes on because obviously it would be a great storyline mm. to have that rjm versus vertex sort of matchup uh, you know with rizx taking on his former teammates and everything um but Seeing that, uh, uh, seeing you know what this team can do in terms of the grand scale of the league, it's a little bit iffy for me, you know. And I think it's going to be mostly a little bit iffy for most other people in tow. Um, uh, and I guess that allows us to swiftly move on to Savet Geneva. Um, obviously, this is the team uh, that I ranted and raved and loved in last, uh, not last mm -hmm. week, the week before show. Um, uh, you said you didn't think it would happen. I said I think it will, and it fucking did. By the skin of their teeth, that happened. I mean, let's be let's 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 not count out Mate, the fact you went that with they the Swiss, almost I did went the with boys. The Spaniards, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. just how 
before it went up. I was no Horizon. You were Savet Geneva, and it was close. There was value for both. But yes, somehow, like you even looked to the Swiss community, and it's all there, like fucking hell, they actually did it, and it's that craze. <laughs> no one really believed it was going to happen. We all thought. Don't get me wrong; they'd probably end up in a runner-up space, losers round five. I was well and truly back in Savet Geneva for, but showing oh, back in Savet Geneva from the hallway, man. Like, yeah, I, I but, followed this team for a long time. Obviously, we're all friends and shit. Yeah. But I have to say that of all the teams that qualified for the Ch- for the rival series, and this is entirely from objective analysis, so please, Zaf, Mira, Yagi, don't don't take this to offense, but this was the worst performing team of them all. Like, just from the outset against RJM, that things were not fucking going well, and they only took a single game off a block block that was only a single goal mm-hmm. lead from them, and block block smashed them for the rest of the games in that particular series, and the boys were just being the boys of Savet Geneva just got a number of good games above them, even though the boys still look confident in games three and four. So, like, you know, in terms of just the stats alone, let alone, like, subjective analysis, like, Savet Geneva, although I'm really happy that they made it this far, and I really, really hope they stay in at the very least, I just don't think Savet Geneva will actually do it this season, Bacon. I'm sorry. Like, oh. it's just, it, uh, man. it kills Savet me to Geneva say it. It really does. Or, yeah. Savet Geneva and Awkward Tales are going to be fighting over the Wooden Spoon Award. Who can get ninth? We know that coming into this season. Like, I, unless Block Block absolutely drop off, which I don't think they will, um, it is those two that are the, the best of the worst, if that makes any sense. And realistically, Awkward Tales have got more experience about themselves uh bar cash and hopefully this should finally like cash i said it on the stream he has just got to get over nerves because naturally he was so fucking nervous coming into rors and like a lot of weight putting on his shoulders is that is naturally how it is so virgin either you could see a lot of nerves there mirror wing only fucking finally showed on up in that last game before that he was pretty damn absent and he could arguably be be the best player on Savet Geneva Jay you might back me up on that I don't know if you will but consistency wise Savet is there he is so fucking consistent Yagi always need he is a finisher he's not necessarily going to set up plays but he will fucking finish them and those jumps across the net were great and Mirrorwing has got to get those nerves in order because that is what is holding him back you take a look uh, like let's go for the game up against RJM. Their only way to be able to get close to RJM was to near enough go all defensive. All their attacks was one man going forward and the other two just waiting there for the ball to come back to them in their own half. They weren't able to really sustain any attacking pressure and then wait for a crack, which doesn't bode well you go up against their uh, next game when they went up against block block and they just got absolutely outpaced and scored upon they were so so nervous and it just finally came around to a team that had no synergy and no sort of team ethic together which is where they shine you know they are a very good unit together and they've got that synergy they're a little bit slower but they were able to pull it off and I know there's going to be, you know, the whole thing about service and that. And really this was a game that was a 50, 50 coin flip between the two, but we're proud purely because Savet Geneva, like we said, we know known for ages. This is the team. I think looking at all the teams in ROS that have got the most growth room them 
Um, Doesn't mean that we're going to see them like this season go, you know, that, that like we said, we think they're going to be fine from ninth to 10th, but we mean the following season, they could be destroyers. Who knows? Maybe another vertex coming into this season. And that. I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be. I, 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 here's the thing I think they've got the most growth I don't think it's going to happen in this season um, and it is exactly what you said earlier with Mirrorwing and his confidence because this is the second play-in that we've seen him uh, play with Savet Geneva with a different loss the last time and of course this roster this time and obviously mm. he's been a part of that Swiss, Swiss uh, team for a very long time and it's, it's exactly the same situation. Now on an international stage, he, he loses his composure and he's got to get those nerves under control. Uh, otherwise, Savet Geneva will take the vertex route and they will go down in, in, in last place, unfortunately. Um, which... It, 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 it's harsh to mm-hmm. say, but it is the truth at the end of the day. You know, like Mirror, uh, Mirror Wing is the liability in this side, in my opinion. And... That's not to say he should be the man to get removed, because again, as you mentioned, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, he certainly proved that on the Swiss national stage, where when he's playing, you know, in the likes of TCS Esports League or SCSL, he absolutely fucking smashes it with like not oh, a fucking care yeah. in the world, you know. Um, all, 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 all sorts of like you know big things come out from him, but then it's it's sort of like that whole big fish in a small pond sort of, sort of scenario, I think, with Mirrorwing. Um, you put him back in the ocean now, and suddenly he's small fry. Uh, so you you that, that's my biggest thing for Svechniva. Got to work on a confidence for mirroring especially but for the team as a whole um because i think that they've got the potential to do damage but in this state they're not going to do anything no and i just the the thing is i can't see them being able to get that mindset fixed like we like we just said so has got that mindset he knows what to do but when you've got one player at the moment that is out of whack and not being able to do stuff it's a problem we're not saying like the problem is like Someone could go away. Oh, that means they think Mirrorwing is shit. They they need to get rid of him. No, we no. just think that he like he's got to come to term with pressure and the nerves because all eyes will be now looking to him because I think if he plays like he did in the plans, if he plays like he you know has shown us before, like we say the skirmish and that everyone's going to be hating on Mirrorwing this coming season because that he will be the obvious one out of line with how he played. And that that that's a little bit heartbreaking for us because like we said, we know that he is potentially the best player on that team. But if he can somehow just, you know, it's one of those things that just clicks, isn't it, with nerves and that, and he will be stellar. And who knows, with... 10 teams in RLRS, you know, across eight weeks now because they've uh, they've cut down how many weeks are in the, um, or on the B stream. Uh, like the B stream each week is only going to be two games, if I'm correct um, in thinking. Um, looking at it on Wikipedia now, there's, yeah, there's one game on week one. There's two every other week, uh, every single week following that, apart from week eight, which is because the mainstream likes to close it up. And that gives them like four games, which there's at least going to be some value to it. You know, with now you've got, oh, are you staying into the RORS, that fight for fifth and sixth? Are you going to be the top spot with that fight for first? And then, of course, the promotion playoffs with second and third. Um, and right now, Savet Geneva, if they get, like we said, above that ninth, tenth spot, they have overexcelled because to get that, like you look at every other player here, um, bar trying to think now, yeah, bar uh, block block 
they are the rookiest of the rookies. You've got Triple <laughs> Trouble, of course, well-experienced players. Uh, BDF, ARG have been there for, what, two seasons now? So they're experienced. But Get Squad, two seasons. Uh, RCD Espanol, yes, Tox is new, but the other two are well-experienced, and Tox has really shown his worth over the last, and he's got no nerves uh, over the last uh, like month, month uh, two months. Weedem Girls, you got a past world champion there. And then Ixo and Breezy that just seem to have choked for the last two seasons. And finally, they haven't choked. Like I said, they were looking bad for how they play. And they were still able to go through. So there's a lot of value to that. If I'm saying you're bad and you free-owed through, just, just take that as you can play so much better but still, when you're bad, you're sweeping. That That's good. RJM, like we said, they should be a safe middle field. I love field, how you're trying to dig yourself out of that hole just because I'm trying Breezy's to dig myself chat. out of the hole, but <laughs> Breezy, you know what I mean. Like, Greasy was giving me shit on Twitter, and we, weren't, we didn't put this in news, but for calling him slow. Yes, you're the slowest player on Weed MGLs because you don't have that natural synergy yet with the team. That's just what it is. I'm not saying there you're you a slow player. Whatever. You can go tell him that. Go, oh, and he turned down Greasy. the tweets go, he go, realized. Yeah. Yeah. Go, um, go, go clip that. Send that to Greasy. <laughs> just, yeah. just for shits and giggles. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad that we're on the topic of Weed M Girls because obviously yep. that was one other thing that made it through. That's uh, like the fourth team that we have to get through on the list. Um, what, I mean, you mentioned already a little bit about how they sort of played in, in terms of that they weren't looking like, you know, the greatest team in the world. Again, that's oh, sort yeah. of a, 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 a bit of a mention to the bubble scene as a whole. Um, but, you know, just from the raw skill alone, they already look like a deadly team. And we went into oh, that yeah. series thinking that they were looking like a deadly team. We might have overrated them a little bit in the context of the plans, but now that they've established themselves within the context of the rest of the bubble scene and looking onto the rival series, mm -hmm. how far do we think we can do it? They can go. Weenham girls this season will be fighting for a second, third spot, I think. They've got the growth to make it top, but it comes down to team work and team synergy. As I called out earlier, just in that one series alone, up against Awkward Turtles, I think, um, and it, I think it was greasy every single time, they bumped into each other four times in a series. They had most of their goals came from over commitments or double commits, leaving that open. And that is just what they got to work on. That for me, if you're a coach looking at this, it's not you have to change up necessarily your game style. It just comes to changing up how you communicate or how you know where each other are because it is very simple. I don't want to say simple fixes, but it's ones that I look at these players and they should be able to fix and I, I i i don't know i might be a bit too harsh and greasy but for me he just seems to be one of the problems in there but that just comes down to again the players just have to learn how to play with each other it's what well, it hang is on. doesn't that doesn't that technically apply to your theory of what you mentioned in the strength of tylacto in the sense that you've got yes. like you know two good strikers and a third good man. leader yeah, Greasy should be a through and through captain, third man hanging back. And that's just how I think they should be played. But I, I I don't know, from how he talks and all of that response, he wants to be up in the fold. He wants to get them goals going. He wants to, you know, have some striking prowess. And I, I just think in my, you know, heart of hearts, how the way he should be playing is no, hold yourself back. Be a defender. Be the only defender because he is a strong goalkeeper when it, he is needed. You know, the number of saves he had to make was so good and then of course he can just control the ball to a point where it allows time for Breezy or Ixo to come back to net you know but that 
two-pronged attack, which is so disastrous for opponents between Ix and Breezy, is great and the most value they're going to have. And then, yeah, Greasy just needs to, I think, hold his horses, you know, stay back a little bit, you know, near enough. I'm going to say limit himself, which is so weird to say, but that's just how I think they should be playing as a team. Well, we'll see whether those changes do come in and whether all three players want to be up front and centre in the field for the first season of the Rival Series because we them girls have made it through. And from WDG, we go to RCD. You mentioned them a moment ago, obviously, requalifying for the Rival Series this season. Uh, taking down the boys 3-0 is the match that we saw on stream uh, from the upper bracket. Uh, it's, it, it's the boys at the end of the day, so you can't take too much away from that. But one thing we did want to talk about was uh, Tox Trapped uh, Traptonized uh, mm -hmm. is the guy that we highlighted on the broadcast as being the the, the stand-up man, uh, one of the guys that we've seen in the bubble scene quite a lot, performing in, in a really big way. Um, uh, and was he the element that they needed to to, oh, to, yeah. to turn things around for RCD? He's such an explosive player, and he's exploded onto RL RS caliber. Maybe if he has a season with the growth that he's had in, like I said, the past six months, he could be looking at RLCS caliber going into next season. And that is just me going, you know, six months before the last plans, I wouldn't have rated this guy being worth RLRS. And now I'm looking at him and going, you're pushing, you could make RLCS. Like this is flakes level of growth, you know? if you take uh, similarities there. And RCD Espanol are going to be fighting for a top three finish uh, this season. They could be coming out top. I wouldn't probably uh, put them down for that, you know, confidently, but I think top three, I would have full confidence in putting them there. And it comes down to, again, a very strong team effort between them, plus their fucking pace and just... It, it, and people put it down to Spanish bim-bam, that, but it's just their pace you, and no, no, being You able. put it down to Spanish bim-bam. You have a <laughs> no, fucking I'm hard on like, the Spanish players. Yeah. I, I, I might do. <laughs> Don't even deny it's just because it, no. they know how to effectively <laughs> ball chase, and it is so good. Like... It, it, me looking at this team, they're just by far out of all the teams like that qualified through my favorite to watch, I'll say. Like their playstyle is just beautiful. And I think are gonna be such an explosive hit. Like I wouldn't be surprised if um like naturally coming into this season, you're gonna get the RLRS commentators really just loving everything that Espanol do, and that's great. Like they're just gonna get absolutely hyped as shit, and I hope they live up to that hype. Well, yeah, I think they are hyped. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in that team. Um, honestly, I, again, it's a similar sort of situation to RJM and Savet Geneva uh, because the boys absolutely fucking tanked it in this tournament. I can't really speak personally mm -hmm. on what I think of the RCD Espanol side because they played against what is essentially a very shit team. Uh, so, you know... Oh, RCD obliterated the boys. The boys it just then had to come on in and counter them, but countering them, they, they weren't good enough to counter... That's just how it came to it. Exactly. And when you come not good enough to counter, then that's only so much you can take from in terms of the actual quality of a team like RCD. Uh, so moving on, the Awkward Turtles. Uh, I believe that you picked the Awkward Turtles to make it. No, you didn't. Excuse me. You didn't pick the Awkward Turtles at all. Neither of us had the Awkward Turtles to go down uh, in our picks I overall. Thought they were bottle. I thought they would choke. Yep, I think I was on the similar sort of lines, actually. So talk me through this one. How do they do so well? So, again, we we 
they had to come through the lower bracket because who did they drop to again? It was Team uh, We Dumb Girls. So they came through the lower bracket, took down uh, W2D, fine, and then went up against the boys. Now, they are a team together, so they've got a lot more synergy than the boys. They were slower, but they had a bit more attacking prowess, and that definitely showed in their wins. Uh, the boy, they, so at the moment, the awkward tiles are an easy team to shut down if you bump demo and just basically get them frustrated. But if you don't do that, then they can pull out, like we saw on the stream, even a 6-1 win um, against the boys. And this is why, going into RORS, I don't rate their hope uh, their chances high, purely because everyone will be shutting them down. And for them to change up their current play style, I don't think they're going to be able to do it in the time. If they get anything, like I said, above ninth, then they've had a good season. But right now hopes aren't high and that's not to have a go at any of the players i think again like i said i think it's too early for cash but he is by far the player of the most potential on that team Matane and tars are great together but i just don't see any hopes of like any change up from last season for Matane and tars they're just going to be stuck on the defensive way too much and that ain't great yeah, I did notice that they were pretty suppressed when they took on the uh, the Weedem Girls side. Um, uh, even though they got a couple of good attacks mm. and occasionally, for the most part, when Weedem Girls got the pressure in, they really struggled to break out of that half until Weedem Girls basically ran out of boost. Um, and, and I feel like it's a very sort of similar situation, uh, as you mentioned, you know, for, for Matane and Tars, um, when they were playing together on that Echo Zulu side, it was, uh, it, it, sometimes it kind of did get to that point where they were pressured quite heavily by some of the, you know, firepower, be be the, the better firepower mm. teams. Um, part of the, that's part of the reason why they also managed to make it in. I mean, they, they narrowly evaded disaster against the boys again, just because the boys managed to fucking choke in their match, uh, six to one and three to one when those final two games there, um, for the favor of the uh, awkward turtles. So yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree. Uh, I feel like that, you know, you pretty much summed up my thoughts pretty well on that, on that one. Um, uh, so let's just move on and talk about Block Block. The, uh, I guess you could say the, the token French team of the, uh, <laughs> of, of the, uh, of the play-ins. Um, we seem to be having one of these basically but every single season. not RRS because we've still got the Get Squad there. The French are multiplying. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, of, of the play-ins themselves, obviously, but the French uh, having a very strong presence in the Rocket League scene. And uh, this team we did pick, I think we expected them to make it through because they had some really good results um uh, and of course uh, they uh, had realistically as well the easiest run i'm having a look at it now the only team you wouldn't pick them to be was vertex which they dropped rightfully to but going into that lower bracket just gonna say right now where they had moose mat and then savet geneva you'd pick them to win those games yeah i mean i, I think so too to be honest um block block we didn't look Pretty at the brackets it. before planes, did we? Like when we were doing our predictions, I didn't even no, no, look at we brackets. Didn't. Well, no, that's the thing. It's like, you I know, don't I, think I, I, the, the brackets are so big and complex that there's a certain point you have to cut off and just say, let's just base it exclusively on our knowledge of the teams. And that's kind of what we mm. did here. Did lead to some situations where obviously we couldn't get our our picks right, uh, but in the end, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no, but I digress. Anyways, uh, yeah, block block, basically meeting expectations. Um, but again, the question now remains onto them: uh, how far can they make it in the rival series? Um, uh, you know, considering they've got the face off against their fellow franchises in the baguettes, RCD having another chance at this one. Uh, BDS, of course, still trying to 
break out of their plateau, triple trouble coming back, RJM coming back, Vertex coming back, Savet Geneva coming back because the organization was in rival series before. What, what, what do we see from Block Block from here? Um, I, I, the problem is the caliber of teams here, like, whereas rating them earlier, I think they're going to be very similar to Baguette Squad last season. And I would rate Baguette Squad over them just from the experience, but I think they're going to end up a seventh, eighth, might be a tough tussle as they try to make it on into next season with that, uh, like, fifth, sixth, and like looking at it now because of how things have changed up um you gotta think fourth last season would put you into promotion tournament this season it doesn't and looking at block block i honestly can't rate them as a top four team they'll be trying to make their way on into that fifth sixth spot you know trying to make it they, they would just slide on in. It's too early for them. These are quite inexperienced on the internet. Like, they, they do well. Like we said, they, they're previously three brilliant French players off in own little teams, and then suddenly they form together. Uh, I think uh, Rasmuffour put them together going, these are the three best up-and-coming French players. Clearly, he's correct. He's actually quite a smart uh, coach in that department and putting teams together. And they've got Porto as a sub there. Would probably also be uh, trying to put a lot of coaching in, as he's had a lot of experience on the French circuit. But these guys, I just think again, it's it's too early for them. Like they don't have the experience, and I could see a lot of panic up against some of the harder teams. And I don't know how. Um, the other teams are trying to beat them on out, but I could imagine stuff like demos. Okay, it's going to cause frustration, which is going to cause mistakes. I think that mental side where they're going to get, they're going to be their own worst enemies is what is going to hurt them the most. Because you look at it and you look at some teams like, let's just take triple trouble. I look at Tadpole Blue and Rick's Ronde. They ain't going to give a damn like about niceties. They'll just look at them and go, right, so we just got to demo them all day. Easy. Let's just do that. Wait for an opportunity. That's when we'll put the ball. And then they don't really think about creating opportunities. It just naturally happens for them. A little bit the same for Weedham Girls and even then RCD Espanol. So it just comes down to Block Block have got to work on that mental game. A lot of players, it seems, need to work on their mental game yeah. in this uh, in this rival all the, series. All the rookies, all the newbies, all funny. the rookies, all the rookies. It seems, but that's just coming with the territory at this stage. And yeah. there you go; those are the seven teams plus two more failures uh, that uh, didn't make it into the rival series oh, this season. I realise that's really plus fucking the harsh. Two failures, okay, Jay. <laughs> they already lost out. Don't need to kick them when they're down. Look, man, fucking Rocket League. The Rocket League scene kicked me when I was down this weekend, so I have a fucking right to do the same back. Right. There you go. That's the Rival Series done and dusted for the week. Of course, look forward to week one's matches on the next weekend on Friday, I believe, is still the date where it goes live. Yes? No? I don't know. Yes. Um, so yes. Uh, keep your eyes on all that action. Nothing of changes course. in Rocket League, Jay. Come on. It's going to be Friday. Yeah, true that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so let's move on and talk about the championship series. Yes, that is the first uh, first week of the league play that's kicked off alongside the uh, the, the rival series play-ins. Obviously, uh, we did the, the alongside them. Uh, just out of interest, how many vods did you manage to get of these uh, of these matches? Because I didn't manage to get very many at all. Um. So we were talking about this just for. I have watched everything bar finishing off mouse sports versus as monaco which which I know is the end funny result. which is I funny in game three <laughs> it's in overtime 39 seconds up on the <laughs> clock right now and this was purely because i have only had today 
the RLCS broadcast goes on roughly for about four hours. I'm sorry. We're, so that game, we're going to be a little bit lighthearted. And heck, you know, whilst we start talking, because that will be the last one up, I'm going to have it silently watching in the background on two times, Jay. Just so I can... <laughs> so, but I've already made some research. comments. Because, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say, man, like, you know, this weekend has been busy as fuck for both of us. Like, you know, mm. not only with the whole, you know... Um, uh, not only with the whole fucking um, you know rival series stuff going on, but me with all my work in ESL at the moment, which is taking up all my fucking time. Uh, SSP one just got finished as well, uh, so we're announcing that next weekend. So like, there's there's a lot of shit going on at the moment, which has not allowed me to do much of this uh, stuff. So I'm do uh, bear with me as I stumble through this one. But you bacon, um, I find it ironic that the one match you didn't watch was the match that you recommended two weeks ago that everyone had to see. Uh, so um, uh, yeah, I, I find that quite hey, funny. Hey, watching um, right uh, now. Shut up. Anyway, so yeah, let's get into the talking points. Let's get into the talking points and talk about the results of the week one matches. Reciprocity beat Singularity 3-1. Rene Vitality beat Endpoint 3-1. FCB Barcelona, excuse me. FC Barcelona managed to deny the reverse sweep from Veloce, taking that series 3-2. Dignitas the same one to TSM 3-2. And Mouse Balls beating AS Monaco 3-2-1. Extra special shout out to Dadpole, by the way. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Tadpole obviously watches the show. He, he told us about this last week. Um, uh, so give an extra special uh, uh, congratulations to your dad who managed to predict perfectly the results and the wins of every single one of these series is on Jesse's, uh, on Jesse's Twitter thread. That was fucking baller. Right. Let's start with the first match. Reciprocity singularity here. Uh, I think for the most part today, we had the expected results. So um, what did we take away from this series? Yeah, I'm just going to say the only result which I didn't expect to go that way was Dig versus TSM, which I would have thought would have been a free one. And I guess Mouse versus ASM, I would have thought been free two Mouse. So really, the wins went each way you fought. Uh, but Reciprocity versus uh, Singularity? I'm actually going to say I was thoroughly impressed by Singularity because I thought this would be a free O. I thought Reciprocity, with all their experience, all that knowledge together, this would be an easy sweep. You could definitely see the team chemistry not as strong as Singularity, like quite often they would have a man that was left out of rotation. Uh, I thought I saw this to be uh, God's Miller sometimes, and that's just him trying to over-aggress, or I'm, I, I say over-aggress, start a play when his teammates don't have the boost, aren't ready for it. And Nolly would quite often, I saw, go for shots, trying to pressure the defense, you know, by putting a shot on target, and then there's no one else to pick it up, so it's just wasted attempts. And that is really the biggest problem with Singularity. Reciprocity didn't have have to overexert so much uh, just purely because they played their own game style and just were able to be quite comfortable. But Singularity, they're going up against one of the toughest teams, like one of your top four RLCS teams, and they only look bad because they're dealing with the nerves of going up against one of those teams. They could be on track for a middle table finish, maybe. Possibly, honestly, yeah. I mean... Mm. I, I, I could see a lot of this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was this the full line that was playing for Singularity, by the way? It was yeah, the yeah, full yeah, main yeah. guys. Okay, just yeah, making yeah, yeah. just making 100% certain, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, no I, have to, I, have to, I have to say that probably, yeah, I, I, I could see the potential in this squad and doing what they were able to do. Um, uh, uh, the question still remains, though, as to, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what challenges sort of like, you know, relay uh, or sort of relay 
Relay. Um, what the fuck am I trying to say here? Um, you know, the same sort of questions sort of like crop up about whether or not singularity can hold the confidence on whether or not, you know, it was just planning for reciprocity because reciprocity, like, you know, there is a certain element of them still not being in 100% in form. And obviously we talked about this being a storyline to build into as the season goes on. But, you mm-hmm. know, comparing them to how they were at Worlds to now, has they, are they still sort of on that same sort of form level? It's hard to say. I'd probably lean bit towards yeah they're they're very similar they're not the reciprocity we saw at the end of summer going into autumn of last year they do feel like they stepped down the level which is really odd and it just feels like i don't know pace has gone a little bit wonky for them and i can again only look towards ferrer for that but that would be harsh because it, it it looks a little bit more towards like i was saying about uh the problems on nagflow earlier where i feel like he he naturally as the captain has got a lot more of an instrumental behind the scenes look but you look at his performance on the pitch and it doesn't seem to line up to the rest of the team caliber wise but i definitely know just from how the team is structured that yeah he has a lot more weight in there it's probably i think they've got to take a little bit more weight of his shoulders and probably work on a more free man rotation of calls instead of more like a directorship that it just feels like they have don't know if that's true. I'm just saying that's from feel, from watching and looking at how the team is structured. Let's keep our eyes on how well they'll do over on that reciprocity cam going into next week, though. For now, though, it is a big win to kick things off in the season. Uh, Renault Vitality were taking on endpoints in their opening matchup of the season here. That ended up going three to one to their favor. Um, obviously, you know, another case of, you know, the the the, the dominant sort of team, the, the big sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, the second place squad from the World Championship versus the new blood of the Championship Series. So a lot of people went into this expecting endpoint to possibly uh, crash and burn at 3-0. But they took a game off Renault Vitality here, which... as fuck. Yeah, I have to say that this is a hell of a start to the campaign for the Endpoint Squad. So a lot of people probably coming into this season probably went, oh, a cheeky little wild throw out Endpoint might end up sick for something. No, they're going to end up sick. They're going to be there at regionals. They are super solid right now. And the best... Uh, no, actually not the best team to come up from the RORS, but they have got their heads together just right. And yeah, RL stats saying Endpoint demoed a lot. That's just how you deal with Renault Vitality. They've just bought in a new man. Demos are going to work, you know? And Vitality, yes, looked a little bit like they... Like Alpha was a downgrade on Scrub, but that's just because Alpha's only been there for a month. They're still trying to get that flow together. And... You know, when you're saying it's a downgrade, they're performing slightly worse than what they did beforehand. That that's and they still get out wins. That's a good stat. They've got singularity next week, and then the following week they've got dig. So they still have a bit of time to still work out the kinks and work out knots in the highest competitive environment that there is they're going to work them out and vitality are going to be scary they do have their heads together they can try and fix themselves they get jumbled every now and then but it's not a problem endpoint though they show promise but this is them finally going up against the very top tier talent and you can see that they still got some learning pains there they they fare better than singularity for me though 
I mean, that's not really a controversial statement now, is it? <laughs> you know, like Endpoint very clearly proved they were among the top two at the very least in the uh, in the rival series last season. Um, uh, the game that they did take above Renault Vitality was only a 1-0, though. Now, does that hold any sort of special significance, or was it just a case of Endpoint holding off Renault Vitality for long enough? Uh, it was hold off. Like, um, a lot of demos keeping them out, and they just locked it in. So that really, when you look at Endpoint are going to be a scary team to go down to because they can hold. They are stronger than Gandalf going up against a big demon, the Balrog, on a bridge. They can just <laughs> keep them away, which isn't the worst sort of way to look at it. And it's a playstyle that we don't often get to see too often in Rocket League. So, yeah, I, I'm excited because Endpoint could be on the cusp of maybe starting a different like playstyle to what you normally see with Rocket League, which, you know, from RLCS previously was just goal, 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 outpace, a lot of ball chasing and, you know, try and work out that way. Whereas Endpoint was just so much control. That is their focus. And an interesting contrast. Naturally, against Renault Vitality, it didn't work because Vitality is passing plays where they can work their way out of tricky situations. It's incredible. But when Endpoint come up against, you know, your FCB, your Veloce, oh, they're going to shine something rotten. It's going to be great. Well, let's see how well Endpoint will do in their run in the championship series. So far, it has started off on a relatively decent foot. Uh, moving on to see the veterans taking each other on with FCB Barcelona versus uh, Veloce. Obviously, this series went 3-2. to two. Veloce nearly reverse sweep FCB. And I have to say, at this point, it's very clear to us that Flakes just straight up doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like, come on. I, <laughs> you know, I, he... I don't mind. I think that's just he's dug himself into a hole and so has to keep running these cars. But this match was absolute dribble yeah this was like, this, this, this is one of the ones that i did watch and i have to say like fucking hell <laughs> like just straight fucking hell sure it did feel like flakes was riding the high of being in a fucking scarab in games one and two but by the time game three and four came over and the reverse sweep was on for veloce like you could see right there that they got very overconfident in themselves and for flakes especially mm -hmm. that's not exactly anything new but fucking hell man did the last season drama not you know you didn't did that just not get to you whatsoever <laughs> after you were relegated and after the entire fucking rocket league scene basically wanted your head you know i don't yeah. support the fact that they wanted your head but like come on it's an official match you know i understand the understand that it's pre personal preference but when have you ever seen flakes let alone any other pro player utilize and main a fucking scarab here I mean, Jay, if you don't have an esports decal, I guess you're not locked into the Octane or Doc, uh, Dominus, so you can have the luxury of using something else. But yeah, looking at this, just FCB were all aboard that tilt train towards the end of game three and still very much into game four. They came back commendably there in game five. But for me, the big look at here is FCB are not an improvement upon last season and Veloce yes. are probably one season wonders from looking at this. For me well, right that's the now, thing I was going to say. Like, you know, the, the key thing to remember about Veloce is the fact that they are looking nowhere near better compared to their world championship run. You know, the only reason why they were able to make it as far as they did was down to happenstance and fucking, you know, luck, essentially. You know, that in terms of the team actual quality, like they haven't made any sort of major moves. And SD Barcelona, we talked a lot about Flakes being a like for like for Bluey in terms of both his skill and volatility. And it seems like the volatility may have just gotten worse considering he's going to pull stunts like this in the fucking first week. You know, like it's, 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 not it's it's not 
going to look good. Team FC Vice was slightly the better. Say which again? is funny. I said the team plays from FCB were slightly better in like their rotations and such, and they didn't really get as many like you know passing plays and uh, what they should be doing. But it, it's quite funny that the team looked like a better unit for FCB already, and you can see they will improve over last season. And it's just from one man moving, so it's an interesting one there. But FCB like. They're going to be struggling to get fifth or sixth, and Vlocha are going to be struggling to, I don't know, get out. Of, they they want to go for seventh this season. That is their target for me right now, is just not get into a demotion zone because that would be very scary for them. Well, for now, we'll see how far Veloce can go. Um, again, it's very early days. We can't really place them anywhere in the, in, in the table at the moment. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not sure what to make of this particular series. Again, it's a bit of a weird one, but let's just move on. Let's talk about TSM versus Dignitas. Another interesting one that went three to two to the way of Dignitas. Now, I didn't expect this to be nearly as close, honestly. Yep. Um, uh, you know, that TSM were on, to, uh, were on to match point first, and it was only done to Dignitas to get the last two games under their belt for the game five victory. And considering where Dignitas were at the end of last season, considering how close they came to taking the second, uh, the second place position in the grand final spot, this is um, surprising. Surprising, very surprising, you know. Is this more a mark to TSM or a mark against Dignitas? Uh, column A, column B. So Dig weren't playing as well as they were at Worlds or Regionals last season. That's fair. Uh, but TSM, I don't know what they done, but the introduction of Mognus, he must have brought along something like a mobility scooter or something for Remco <laughs> because Remco last season was just hobbling along. But now he is respectable and i would not have expected that coming into this season tsm are a surprise and you know coming out of last season i've been there like oh this season like you know before this week i've been there like oh tsm are going to be a bottom two team that's just the way it is now i have no idea this season the bottom half of the table was more exciting than the top half purely because it is so cutthroat down there you know to stay up and it, it's going to be an interesting one because tsm as well you gotta think with it being pretty much last minute um with the move from alpha going and Mogler's coming on through that this is a team that can only grow i don't think there's going to be a massive amount of growth don't get me wrong but from that performance against dig you could see that when it comes down to your singularity your endpoint veloce they could show some promise there and beat them out they beat all three of those and they're easily probably even to a uh, sixth maybe they only scrape seventh position finish but they are the games they've got to be thinking about here i think against dig they were just like right let's just trial the stuff we've got let's just go in you know play our game this like you know and try and get our best result but here they did very commendable and right now tsm doing better than expected which is promising to see because some of those lads like metzer and magnus it's such the dream duo back together again and it was such a good result well, obviously, again, I, this is not a series that I watched. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I have no comments personally to make on this particular one. But, um, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we were talking about with TSM in terms of their individual uh, move up was Metanaris and Mognus and their combination of things. Mm. How do we think that that duo sort of fared uh, in their first outing together? Uh, well, their first outing together in very, a very long time. Very good, because it's sort of, like I said, with uh, Remco there, it's sort of, he was released from any core 
duties on the side and he actually became more aggressive which really worked well and i i, I would have never expected it. that's why so magnus uh moving on in has given metzer a lot more life he he clearly didn't work in a more focused duo sense with remco but he definitely does with magnus and that works as a team the problem here is that i'm a little bit worried about that aggressiveness um rockley is slowly becoming a lot less based on goals from the new meta and how things are going so i would just like to see remco maybe calm down a little bit and just this team become like the defensive powerhouse of eu because it potentially could So where do we see TSM placing off the back of this, uh, you know, position? Where how far up the table are we looking? Like you know, mid 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 card, bottom of the pack, six, top seven, top two, six, seven. So I reckon they're safe, but they're going to be scraping it if they do make it into regionals. I don't see them going to land. They're not there. All right, well, we'll see how well that develops for them as time goes on for Dignitas. We'll see whether or not they can step things up and try and bring the consistency back. Um, uh, do you think this is a result against their mark or what have you, or, or what about it? You know, is, is, is this just like a throwaway matchup for them? Sorry, for uh, Dignitas, Dig, this needs to not be a throwaway match. This needs to be a learning step. Do not underestimate your opponents because they did underplay. Dig should be an expected land team coming up. Like they should be going to Worlds. They play like this, like they did against TSM. They, if they do go to Worlds, are going to get shot out by American teams. One and two, they won't make it to Worlds because you've got Renault Vitae today, you've got Reciprocity, you've got Mouse, and you've got ASM they're not going to Worlds if they play like this because they is so cutthroat. We have a very heavy top half and bottom half this season. And Dig, I, yeah, they play like this. They're going to struggle. They have to be the Dig and Task from Worlds, from Regionals, not from League Play last season. Well, there you go. Uh, let's move on and talk about ASM and Mouse Sports. Have you finished watching that series, Bacon? Yes. Yes, I did. Awesome. What do you make of the 3-1 result for the Mouse Sports side? So the two players I watched very closely, naturally, would be Extra, who is a fucking beast. Um, ASM of like, you know, he, he, he technically is a rookie player. He's the only one there that hasn't been RLCS before. And he's made the run from, you know... Um, making into RORS with the Baguette Squad, doing it again with um, ASM, and now making it through to RLCS. He is exceptional, and if I was, um, you know, ASM right now, or any other team, I'd be worried that if things don't go well uh, this season, like if, if Renault Vitality don't get first this season and win Worlds, they might be poaching him. I don't know for who, but uh, well, it definitely won't be Kadok because he runs the show. But it's that sort of thing of he is world caliber and that is crazy right now. On the opposite end for Mouse, Scrub fits the team so damn well. He is just in, he is an improvement upon a lot, but secondly, he just goes in and the way that him and speed can just work off each other, they naturally fit their rotations very well. And then Cooks has 
come more alive. He is no longer locked so much into defense that, and he can go more into that old fashioned style of really running that ball downfield. Mouse have near enough fixed all their problems. And I think here, Mouse, like if they play like they did against ASM there, they'll finish top two this season and get that auto ticket to land, which for me being a Mouse, you know, fanboy a little bit, that, that's that's awesome. I love that. Okay, so here's something that I'm going to bring up as a little bit of a concern to the Mouse Sports side. So can, take a look at history of how well these teams, the, the, these <laughs> Mouse Sports t- calls of, of what? what? No, no, I know what you're going to say right now. And it's like, Bacon, you're getting your hopes up again and they're going to absolutely choke. And I'm Mate, just you like, know how this fucking dynamic you? works. Yep. You get really hype and happy and really excited that Mouse Sports are going to do well again. And I bring to, bring to your attention the fact that last time they did a, 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 the last time they did a move was a lot bringing up to this Mouse Sports team. Now, that worked in the initial part of things, and we had the exact same the exact same feelings and the exact same words about that mouse sports mm-hmm. lineup. But is this one that's built to last this time, or will they do exactly what they did last season and fucking bomb out in the very last set of hurdles uh, and not make world championship and make another fucking roster move? What what, what what's 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 going to happen here, Bacon? The, what says you? The thing is. Mouse already isn't making massive mistakes. You take last season where they struggled out of the gate against TSM, which, yeah, TSM weren't anything really right home about last season. Um, And Mouse struggled the entire way along. We have to remember Mouse with those 3-2 wins. You know, uh, 3-2 loss against TSM, because I've got the results up now, why not say it? 3-2 against FCB, 3-2 against uh, Vitality, 3-2 against Complexity, 3-0 against Dig. That was actually a cracking performance from them. And then the choke at the end. But Mouse don't have that same style. They don't have that scrappy... Oh, let's bring it together, lads. They don't have that, or at least, you know, from that one game, they don't have the thing of, well, we better go and win this sort of uh, style. They don't have that. We're perfectly relying upon our mental side to be able to bring things back and to get things in order. No, they have the thought on skill and they naturally going in just so much more fluid with each other, so much better prepared I, that's not good english but you know do you get what i'm trying to say they're just coming yeah. in and it feels naturally right scrub has fitted into this team and has turned it into will cast caber which is so cool for the story of oh vitality didn't trust you to win another worlds and then he's going to mouse and could potentially be there going into worlds i reckon i would put mouse at the moment in a top four spot they're above reciprocity they're above asm clearly um dig if they play like they did this week they're above them and that's why i rate mouse is an easy top two at the end of league play I mean, you said this last season about mouse sports, and I admit I agree with you. I'm no, going to take a much more with cautious sports, sort of approach. They had to earn my trust, and then they kicked me to the curb in the very last week. But so this mouse sports <laughs> just gets it by default, yeah? They, they get it by default. They've they've already Fuck earned that trust with such a good performance. The jury's still out for me on this one again. I'm going to hold my tongue on mouse sports. I think there's a bit more of uh, there's a bit more breathing room, a little bit more potential that they could choke it. Still, uh, this result obviously was still great. AS Monaco also showing that they still have what it takes with this one I game victory so above better. these boys. It feels so good in the SM Monaco side right now. Tigre is the core, and that's fine. He's no standout player, but Ignite feels so much better. In f- 
in still feels like he is an RLCS player now. Remember when he was on TSM, you're like, he's not playing up to the caliber. He didn't, that was a confidence thing, but he still feel he, he feels good here. You've just got to look at ASM who are probably going to be trying to scrape like a little bit like how Dignitas did last season. They're going to be trying to scrape a land spot through the regionals. I reckon they're going up against a team that is a top two caliber already. And I saw that from uh, Alexio in chat. Like, are you sure they looked a little bit shaky? This is a team that looks shaky against an easily mid-table team and still come out with a 3-1 pretty safe performance. If you're shaky, it's a little bit like how I described Weedham Girls earlier. If you're shaky and still coming out with a good win, that bodes well, especially since they've only been playing with Scrub for a month. All right, then, well, let's see how well they hold their own. Let's see how well ASM can continue to try and bring things back in the next week of the RLCS. And speaking of next week, we have next week's matches up. We're going to make some predictions, and you too can also make some predictions in the Discord server, explanation mark Discord in the Twitch chat if you're watching live. And uh, you can see, uh, you can you, if you go to that Discord, you'll find a channel where uh, you can predict, uh, participate in our prediction game. Not quite 100,000 credits like Jesse's going to give away, um, uh, but uh, we'll try to see if we can get some prize going in the next couple of seasons. It just wasn't, wasn't quite possible this season about so the matches in order of their appearance on liquipedia fcb versus endpoint tsm versus veloce Renault vitality versus singularity asm versus dignitas reciprocity versus mouse sports what says you bacon about the predictions go from top to bottom for me uh endpoint to win three two tsm to win three two Renault vitality I want to say 3-1, but that could be a 3-0. Um, Dignitas ASM, I... I'm undecided, but 3-2 either way. And now Mouse Reciprocity, I reckon this could be a 3-2 to Mouse. I'm going to have to push you for a prediction on the Dignitas ASM game for me, um, which I already can tell is going to be your pick of the week uh, for this yep. one. And it like that's the problem. It's going either way, and this is going to be the big decider of who makes it into. So we talked about there's that clear top half, but that top four is even more important, isn't it? And ASM and Dig are fighting at the moment for that top four. Dig somehow just they've got to get their backs pushed into a corner to play well. ASM are trying to achieve, and they've got the raw caliber to beat Dig if Dig do not perform like they did, you know, in regionals in worlds and the way they can play. I'm hoping dig you know sort that out coming into next week but if they don't asm take it probably free two maybe free one with a push but i reckon we're going to get loads of game fives next week and that's going to be free two to asm now well, for me, I'm going to go again. I'm going to say Dignitas versus ASM based on the fact of what we've seen so far in mm -hmm. the uh, first week. Uh, but I'm going to go, yes, 3 2 uh, to Endpoint above FC Barcelona, also 3 2 to TSM, 3 0 for Renault Vitality above at Singularity. Um, uh, and I'll also go for Dignitas above the ASM Monaco side at 3 2 2. For the week two matches, um, did you say Reciprocity were going to win or Mouse Balls were going to win? Mouse going to win. I'm, okay, three, right, so I thought I thought we were going to disagree right there. I, I didn't no, I'm, I'm three also, two, but it could be three one. I'm no. also going to go three two on the mouse sports camp. So I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm mostly going to stick with most of your predictions, um, uh, 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 with the exception. Sorry, did I say three two or three one for TSM? I can't remember what I said. I think I was supposed to say three one, uh, favor to TSM. Ooh, okay. So, 
uh, yeah, uh, TSM should be able to take that relatively well above Veloce, in my opinion. But those are my predictions. Again, if you want to try and predict your own right, join the Discord. It's in the show notes and video description. Everything up to the podcast. As you know, it's always <laughs> I say it so quick because everybody fucking knows the drill at this point. Um, uh, and I guess we might as well just go through Why the drill and plug the podcast. Super slow, like in slow mo. There you go. It's <laughs> in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Tune in YouTube and most other audio distribution platforms. You can go to anchor.fm slash RL Aftershock to find your favorite platforms or request your favorite ways to listen. Keep up with the podcast as well on Twitter at RL Aftershock. And on Twitch, twitch.tv slash RL Aftershock. And that basically wraps up the show today, Bacon. Uh, uh, mm. And you said we're only gonna hit an hour and a half. We've actually come close to the two I hour don't mark know here, how Bacon. We did it. We did it because we're fucking awesome. And I did it without even moaning at the Rocket League community as well. I fucking feel, feels fucking good, man. Well, I I moan at the Rocket League community. I had my bit at the beginning of the show, but you know, whatever. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, you do that. (sighs) Right. Well, that's it. Looking forward to another week of the RLCS Action Bacon, including the kickoff of the RLRS. Mm-hmm. So again, make sure you're getting involved with everything that is Aftershock related because we've got a ton of things coming up, uh, including Super Secret Project number two, which is now 90% of the way done. I've been teasing it for ages, Bacon. Nobody knows what it is except for the select few that are involved in making it. Can we get an announcement date from you maybe soon? As soon as the <laughs> announcement video is done, I will just fucking post it. Just like, here we go. SSP2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like at least do us like a typical org announcement of at one o'clock in the afternoon posting 5 p.m. later today. Well, at least thing, do I'm going to test on the day. announcement for SSP1 first uh, because SSP1 okay. is uh, coming up. I, okay, fuck it. No. Um, SSP1, assuming everything goes to plan, it will be live and announced on Friday uh, at 6.30 GMT. Um, is Friday the 13th? No, sorry. Thursday is the, thir- is the 13th. Sorry, yeah. So Thursday is when it will be announced if everything goes right. So SSP1 uh, is a very exciting little time. I'm very excited for what that is. It's not completely Rocket League and Aftershock related, but it could be depending on how things roll, uh, depending on how well we handle SSP4. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how well we handle SSP4. You see all these things are fucking linked into each other and no one knows what the fuck is going on. That's what makes it exciting. And that gives you a reason to tune into next week's episode of RL Aftershock. Bacon, any final words before I head out for this week though? Uh, Just finally that... In, in other world news and other sports news, F1 testing is back next week. And now I can do another little rant, another little plea directly to Psyonix, which is why I'm looking so intimately into the camera. Can we please just get some F1 DLC in Rocket League? I need this <laughs> personally as an F1 fan. I want a motherfucking Red Bull in... <laughs> Rocket League. Let's get it done because I, I like need that idea. This. Please. <laughs> I like that idea. Well, we will see whether that happens next week, but for the time being, we're done. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you back here next Monday for even more of the Aftershock.